1: As annoying as that loss was, the Reds still have a chance.
0: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction Into information for you. I want to thank you for joining me. This now we're we're finishing up. We're coming to the end of the fifth regular season that I have covered the Reds on a daily basis right here for the Locked On Reds podcast. That is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every single day. Been bringing you Reds content every single day now for a while. Uh, Steve Offenbaker is not going to be with me here today. He'll actually be back next week as JD Haffron from Locked On Cardinals will join me tomorrow to preview this pivotal, important, um, well, let's just call it what it is, do-or-die series against the St. Louis Cardinals. And it's do-or-die because of the loss the Reds incurred last night. We're going to talk about the frustrating nature of that loss. Did the Reds lose because of replay review in the ninth? And uh, we're going to look at the base running side of things. Base running has been a big part of this team, a big reason why this team has been successful. But how successful are the Reds just at the base running side of things? And we'll look at Andrew Rabbit because it's been a tale of two Andrew Rabbits this season in his 21 starts. A very stark difference in the first half and the second half. We'll get to that all on today's Locked On Reds that is brought to you by game time, download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked on MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. And where we're going to start today is this annoying loss. The Reds fall four to three in Cleveland last night, finish up the Ohio Cup with a loss. The vaunted Ohio Cup that's really what we were looking for, right? But it was a very frustrating game. It was a game they needed to win, and it was a game they should have won. Uh, There were a, a bunch of different things. But, of course, the first thing to pop out is the stinking replay review. I believe it's broken. I believe replay review does not work in baseball. And there's a huge reason why, and it's something that David Bell says. David Bell was asked about the replay review on Noelvi Marte trying to stretch a single into the double. Uh, He was called out. Replay review clearly shows as he slides headfirst in the bag that he reaches around with his hands, touch the bag, and then he is tagged in the chest by the glove of uh, of Cleveland's second baseman. Replay review. Showed what looked to be they were going to overturn it, and then they didn't. And, and David Bell talks about uh, the replay review after he was asked about it, and he says something very interesting that we'll highlight after this clip. We've had so many close calls like that, and once it goes to replay, there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. Um, you can't even ask for any sort of clarification, so you just trust that uh, you know they have angles that we just don't see so very close play the bottom line was the guy made an incredible throw one of the best throws we've seen all year and you that's great base running i mean that's what's won us games um i mean he beat the throw or you know with the throw just barely beat him i mean there's absolutely nothing you can do about that other than keep playing the game that way and um There's no other way to do it. Uh, Definitely not for our team. So um, just a great baseball player by the Guardians right there that uh, turned out to be a big play in the game. You can't ask for clarification? The replay official or the uh, chief umpire of the crew can't tell the challenging manager, the manager that decided to challenge a play you, you can't give him clarification as to why the call's not overturned? I would have loved to have heard it because the only thing, the only part of the glove that touches Noelvi Marte's arms as he's sliding is like the laces. And I'm pretty sure the laces don't count. But the, the, never mind that. The year of our Lord, 2023, a manager can't get clarification on what a replay review call is? that's asinine i'm sorry where, where that that's where i'm going that that's stupid major league baseball has got to fix that you either i mean at the very least give him an explanation as to why it's not overturned and if you can't do that then why are we doing replay in the first place i thought noelvi Marte made an amazing play now We can judge how he rounded first. As I watched him and they they showed him on television, he rounds first. He has a super wide turn. And I kind of thought that is where he was out at. But then when you see the slide, he makes it in. Now, maybe in in, in the future, he learns how to, you know, do that whole slide where you reach in with your right and you kind of pull your chest away because he was tagged on the chest, but still like there's just so much about that. And there was one out in the ninth inning Manuel Classe was pitching very well for the guardians in that ninth inning, but th- that felt like the moment that the Reds lost because yes, Ellie De La Cruz was up next, but all of the air was sucked out of the Reds dugout after that replay review that was clearly wrong. The call was clearly wrong, should have been overturned, and it wasn't. And that just added on to a very frustrating night for the Reds because if you look at, and I love StatCast, if you look at StatCast, Baseball sama it says that the expected batting average for the Reds was actually higher than the Guardians, but the Reds got out hit. Shane Bieber allowed an average exit velocity of 95 miles an hour to Reds hitters. That is the definition, 95, the definition of a hard hit ball is a ball that is put in play at 95 miles an hour or greater. That means Shane Bieber was allowing on average a hard hit ball by the Cincinnati Reds last night and the Reds barely mustered any offense off him whatsoever barely had any base runners whatsoever. Now, there was another base running play, and that we'll get into some base running talking in a minute. Don't worry, we're, we're going to kind of set that aside. The, the base running conversation is its own thing, and I want to talk about that here in just a minute. But the way that the ball fell for the Reds, it just seemed like everything the Reds hit found a glove. The Reds had 13 balls that they put into play of 95 miles an hour or more. Five turned into hits. That's a crazy conversion rate. That's a crazy unlucky conversion rate. But unfortunately, even if you're unlucky, you still lose. And that is where that call in the ninth inning just grinds at me. Because at that point, you felt like the Reds had gotten no breaks whatsoever. And this was the moment where that thing could change, because they they did an amazing job of rallying in the eighth to bring it within one run. They had an opportunity to tie it there in the eighth, just couldn't quite do it. But it felt like that was the moment that could have made, made or break this comeback attempt. And the Reds fall, the Reds lose. We said that the Reds could not lose and hope to get a playoff spot, I still think they're in this. Now, they need a lot of help. They're not mathematically eliminated, but we're to a point now where we got to see the Cubs and the Marlins lose today, tomorrow, and probably Saturday or Sunday. (laughs) And the Reds can't lose. Reds literally can't lose at this point. If they lose any of the three games in St. Louis, I think that's it especially if the Cubs or the Marlins win today, then you're talking about the Reds being back to two games back. There's still only a game and a half back of the final wild card spot, but there's only three games left in their schedule, four games left for the teams ahead of them. So it's doable, but only just. I'm not going to say they're dead, but I'm not going to say it looks good either, and it's all because of a very frustrating loss that the Reds had on Wednesday night. So I mentioned that the base running is the Reds aggressive base running actually detrimental to this team. We're going to explore that question coming up next. Before we do that, though, I want to explore one of today's sponsors, and that is Game Time. Game Time is the best way to get down to the ballpark this season, and there's only a few games left if you want to make the trip out to St. Louis. Game Time is your way to go to get some last-minute tickets. There's very few times that I can tell you exactly uh, you know, in, in well in advance what game I'm going to go to. Most of the time, I like to pick them last-second you know, see who the pitching matchups are and then find a good deal on game time. Game time going to give you a good deal, by the way, they guarantee it to the point that if you find a better deal on a secondary app for the same row, the same section, then they will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are. They call it the game time guarantee. So you know, when you check out game time, you're getting the best price. If you go there today and you create your account, you can use the promo code locked on MLB to get an extra $20 off. So you're getting the best price. Then you're getting $20 off with the promo code locked on MLB. You got nothing to lose. You can go to the, your next game, your next event. Game time's got all kind of concerts, uh, comedy events, theater events, all that great stuff. You can find it on game time And because you might not be going to St. Louis for the final three games of the red season, but we've got Bengals football, we got Bearcats football, we got Bearcats basketball coming up soon, Cyclones hockey's coming around, and hey, FC Cincinnati's still playing, too. Game time has you covered for all of that, so check it out today. Download the app, create an account, and use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB to save $20 off your first order. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, game time guarantees it.
2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: And If you can't be in St. Louis for the final series of the year, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. Thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds podcast. We're going to preview that Cardinals series with the man in charge of the Lockdown Cardinals podcast, J.D. Hafrén. You also might know him as the PA voice of the Cincinnati Cyclones as well. So who uh, he, he will join the show tomorrow and we will talk all things uh, Reds sweeping the red birds out there in St. Louis. But let's get back to this loss because – the, the 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 loss kind of brought into question the Reds' base running strategy. The Reds all season long have been very aggressive. This was even before Matt McClain and Ellie Delacruz were called up. The Reds were taking extra bases, going first to third. They were stealing bases and all this great stuff. And the question has to be asked. The Because the Reds have ran themselves into some inopportune outs. They did so last night. But how does it compare to the rest of their successes throughout the year? There's this great stat, and I, I talked about StatCast in the first segment. StatCast has a great base running stat um, called runner runs. So, you know, they talk about outs above average. They talk about base running, or, you know, they talk about... Uh, All these different things. Runner runs is a statistic that kind of compiles a bunch of different things. It looks at, you know, the runner's speed, outfielder's throwing arm ability, runner position on the base paths, the outfielder's distance from both the ball and the bases that he's trying to throw to, an estimated success probability can then be created for each base running opportunity. So there's maths involved. That's why I'm glad that they did this because <clears throat> not doing it. Not my thing. But with the information available for each play, the player's actual success rate can be compared to the estimated rate and the cumulative metric can be created. That's where they get runner runs. This has to do with advancing on on hits. Um, on other, you know, a a base runner who's already on base advancing when a teammate gets a hit, things like that doesn't take steals into account. So this is a stat that really the Reds should excel at. And they do league wide MLB wide. The Reds are second. Only the Orioles are better than them at this. The Orioles have 14 runner runs. The Reds have 12. All of this takes into account, you know, negatives of being thrown out, negatives of, you know, holding when you probably should take an extra base, different things like that. The Reds are the best in the National League and the second best in all of Major League Baseball at this. In fact, the Orioles and the Reds are the only two teams that have more than 10 runner runs. Both teams are so good at this. And you look at a a couple of different things within those stats, like, you know, the... Uh, estimated advance rate, you know, guys trying to take an extra base how when they should, and then the actual advancement rate, which for Ellie De La Cruz is more than any other player in the majors, that doesn't surprise anybody. Dude wants to take an extra base if the ball trickles away like two inches from a fielder, and that's kind of where the whole, that, that out-at-home plate happened earlier in the game, then the ninth inning, the, the Reds seemingly had a chance against Shane Bieber to score a run, and Ellie got a little bit aggressive. And that throw out I mean, he was kind of out by a few feet there because he might have gotten a little bit too aggressive. And you always wonder about this because Ellie is the fastest man in Major League Baseball. I'd love to see a race between him and whoever else declares themselves to be the fastest man in the world because I think Ellie might actually back that up. He is so freaking fast. But there are times when I kind of want him to rein in that aggressiveness, be a little bit more selective, just a little bit. We're talking about his advancement rate and his his willingness to take that extra base. It's almost 20%. It's at 19% above the estimated advancement rate as in 20% of the time he goes for the extra base more than people think he should. Now he is successful quite a bit of those times. It's always the times that he gets thrown out that we just seem to remember the most because when a guy gets thrown out there, there's something about, and especially as a Cincinnati sports fan, there's something about the negatives that outweigh the positives. The Reds have been so fantastic at base running this year. They're fourth in Major League Baseball in total base running wins above replacement. This factors in stealing and caught stealing and all that different stuff. They're fourth in Major League Baseball in base running war. Really, base running has been the biggest reason. Maybe, and I think we could argue a couple of different things, but if you're looking statistically about this Reds team, This might be more important than the bullpen's performance. This might be more important than anything else the Reds have done this year because the base running has been what has kept them in any game, let alone games after Matt McClain and L.A. De La Cruz were called up. I just kind of wish when we look at this a little bit, if they kind of, you know, hone it in a little bit, dial it back when they need to and dial it up when they're ready be a little bit more strategic about it. And I think that just comes with experience for Ellie, for McLean, for TJ Friedel, for all these guys, they're, they're new. And we forget that sometimes we forget that in games like Wednesday night, when we're like the Reds can't lose. And then Ellie or Noelvi Marte get thrown out trying to take an extra base. And we're just like, Oh, Why? I think that's something where we as fans need to take a breath and be like, you know what? I get it. He's a rookie. He's not used to this. He thinks he can do it. And I love that about each one of those guys. But I think we need to combine that with a little bit of strategy. And part of that is is, is probably going to be things that they strategize throughout the offseason and through spring training. So I'm excited to see how this gets kind of a little bit dialed in better in 2024. I I think this will only improve. I don't think that this is a fluke. This whole runner runs being at 12 and the Reds team base running wins above replacement being at 12.4 and being fourth in the major leagues. That's not a fluke. That's going to get probably better as the Reds figure out how to pick their spots and how to communicate that. Because I think that's also something that Colin Calgill and and J.R. House have been learning throughout the years, that these guys are good. But when is the right time to unlock that talent? And I think we'll know a lot better next year. You know, Andrew Abbott has been a find for this pitching staff this year, but he's seen a rough end to the season. Coming up, we'll take a look at this progression throughout the year. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel is the best way to get into the NFL season as it gets rolling, or the MLB postseason as we are nearing that, because they've got incredible offers there at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets back guaranteed. So you put in that $5 bet, you win, you lose, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed for new customers. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. They've also got amazing promos as we move throughout the football season, amazing promo bets and boosts and things like that to help you win a couple more dollars on bets that you win. And the app's easy to use. You can bet on everything from point spreads to money lines to player props and more. You know, looking at uh, a a fun future for the playoffs, the Reds are still on the list of possible NL champions because they're still in the playoff hunt. Now, they are the farthest away. 120 to 1 is their odds to win the National League. So you're saying there's a chance. Might be worth throwing a buck or two on. Anyway, Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off uh, the, the playoffs as they get rolling and continue to enjoy the NFL season and the college football season as well with all these kinds of great offers and this introductory offer of bet five, get 200 in bonus bets back guaranteed uh, today. Check it out. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel is an official partner of the NFL. Remember, If you can't be down at Bush Stadium, whatever number goes after that, 15, uh, then you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And thanks, as always, for uh, checking out today's Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure that you're following the podcast on your favorite platform. That way you don't miss any content we've got coming for you, including right here on YouTube. Uh, So much content coming for you. Whether the Reds make the playoffs or not, this is going to be a busy offseason. You're going to want to be locked on Reds just like me and Steve every single day. And we'll keep you in the know of everything that is going on in Reds country. One thing that has been, I mean, there's been so many different guys that have come up this season for the Reds and have flourished almost immediately. Andrew Abbott was probably one of the biggest ones of those dudes. And when we look back on the best debuts of 2023, Andrew Abbott's going to be really high on that list. Maybe he's top two, top three. But he really broke out at a very important time for this team because when he was pitching well, nobody else in the starting rotation seemingly was. And he was the one guy you could count on. And he's definitely a part of this rotation next year, but he's kind of ending this season on a downslope. And, and, and people keep asking him and, and he keeps telling us the same thing. But again, after pitching just two and a third innings in Cleveland on Wednesday night, he was asked, is fatigue a factor? No, I feel good. (laughs) Um, you know, I feel good. The, tree, the team is still trusting me to go out and get uh, start start the game and go get some outs. Um, and like I said, I'm just going to go out and compete no matter what I got left in the tank. He's not going to say that he's tired. He's just, he's just not. And he shouldn't. This is not a thing that we should hear come out of Andrew Rabbit's mouth. I understand that. That being said, execution, hitting your spots, things like, you know, working the off-speed in and out of the zone. Fatigue definitely affects that. And I think that we have seen the effects on him over the last couple of months. He's pitched four full months now. He's got 21 starts in the major leagues under his belt. He did pitch in the minor leagues before being called up this year. But yeah, 21 starts in the major leagues so far this... Or I, I don't necessarily think we're going to see him pitch again unless we get to the playoffs. I don't see... I don't think we see Andrew Abbott pitch another game for the Reds in 2023. And the last 2 months of the year have been a bit of a departure from what we saw in the first 2 months. So let's let's kind of break this down. In the last 2 months, Andrew Abbott's made 10 starts and he's thrown 44 and a third innings. Basic math will tell you he's barely averaging 4 innings a start. Not good. You have to pitch five to qualify for a win. So his average is right along where the Reds starting pitching rotation has been all year long of just below five innings to start. In those 44 and a third innings, he's allowed 55 hits, 30 earned runs, and he's got 49 strikeouts to 22 walks. He's just allowing too many base runners, and he allows a lot of hard contact. League average Exit velocity allowed is 88.2, and he's at 91.4. Guys hit him hard, and they hit him a lot. These last two months has just been a huge uptick in that. In fact, it's a huge departure. I mean, remember when he was called up and we were just counting the innings that he was pitching without allowing a run? Think about this. So I said the last two months, 10 starts, 44 and a third. His first two months, he had 11 starts of 66, no, I'm sorry, 65 innings pitched in his first 11 starts. So just under six innings a start for his first two months in the big leagues. And he only allowed 45 hits in that time, 10 hits less in almost, or in more than 20 innings, more than what he's pitching his final two months. And he only allowed 17 total earned runs. He had 71 strikeouts in those 65 innings to 22 walks. So it's interesting to know you, you kind of break that down two months and two months. His walk total is the same, but he threw a lot more innings in those first two months. And actually had an entire another game. So the 22 walks is actually better in those first two months than they are in the second too much. Just there's a lot of numbers showing you the difference and kind of where Andrew Abbott was early on and then how things progressed, how fatigue set in, how the league adjusted. And, they, and make no mistake, they adjusted. If you saw the second inning, and there's, I mean, he only threw 45 pitches. It's tough to count pitches for him at this point because he's to a point in this year that he's thrown far more innings than he ever has. So to be like, well, he only threw 45 pitch, why did you take him out? It's Because he's thrown so many more before getting to today. His final start of the season, and that second inning was just a slog. It was, that was tough to watch, man. It was hit after hit after hit. And the Reds got a few timely outs on, you know, some good throws and things like that, but it was hit after hit after hit. And Cleveland wasn't hitting the ball super hard, but hit after hit after hit. And it just wore him down, wore me down watching him. And I got it. That's why I said, I was like, man, I hope for five innings, three runs or less. It was two and a third. Three runs or less, but uh, two and a third. And really, I mean, overall, the bullpen picked up the slack very well. You know, Daniel Duarte allowed a run after coming in for Abbott, but then nobody else did. It was a well-pitched game for the most part. And if you just saw Andrew Abbott go a little bit deeper, I think that this offseason, he's going to, you know, rest. He's going to get ready. He's going to be completely healthy, rested, and ready to go for next spring training. And he is going to be a huge weapon for this team out of the starting rotation. But you just, you've put a dude in a situation he's not used to and you've asked him to not only do it a couple of times, but do it 21 times. There's going to be a fatigue that sets in for him and is a factor. And I appreciate him for not admitting it, but um, we know it's there. That's where we're going in today's podcast. And actually, before we get out of here, remember, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. But that will wrap us up for this edition of Lockdown Reds. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk to J.D. Haffron from Lockdown Cardinals, and we're going to tell you why the Reds are going to sweep this series and remain in the playoff race. And until then, you you can feel good knowing that we we would be locked on Reds every single day.
0: Hey, Prime members.
1: You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.